start a journey. Uh, the the uh, Bible study that we're going to be um, talking about tonight has to do with victory through faith. The last four weeks we've talked about the work of the Spirit, and hopefully that has opened up your eyes to the fact that we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say amen? amen. There's no options there. We need to be led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and then last week we talked about that there is absolute victory through the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Tonight we're going to talk about victory through faith, and what we're going to do is we're going to study the journey that the nation of Israel took after they, were, um, uh, after they came out of Egypt. And tonight we're going to talk about the 12 spies, we're going to talk about some of the things that they encountered, and the difference between having faith and not having faith. It makes all the difference in the world. Praise God. Somebody give me the longest journey that you've ever been on. Australia. You've been to Australia? Wow, that's probably going to take it tonight. I don't know if anybody's been any further than that. How about somebody else? The longest journey you've ever been on? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Anybody else? Long journey. That one from Australia kind of got you, huh? Yeah. How about you? South America? That's pretty far, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, journeys are cool, aren't they? And you know that when you go on a journey like that, you've got to be ready for it, and you've got to have all kinds of things that, that, that uh, accompany, it, accompany it and that type of thing. Well, the Lord had a journey set for the nation of Israel, didn't he? He really did. If you study that out, you're going to find that he did. And that journey was, um, uh, uh, was, was a tremendous thing that they, they, could, uh, they could embark on. I don't know if you're aware of this. But where we're picking up at now in the book of Numbers, and really what we're going to talk about is the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and 14. And when you look at it, where the nation of Israel is at there, to where they needed to get to, to the promised land, that's approximately about an 11-day journey. About, and that's with walking, and that's with you know, a couple of million, two, three million people. That's about an 11-day journey. How many knows how long it took them to get there? Yeah, yeah. So an 11-day journey turned into a 40-year period. Yeah. That's something to learn from that, isn't it? And, you know, the thing that kept them from going, you know, or getting there as fast as God wanted them to get is the fact that they could not believe God, you know, to take care of them when they got to that land. And that is something I, I don't think that they're the only ones that share that. I think sometimes we have that problem, don't we? That sometimes God wants to do something. He wants to show us the blessings that he wants to put in our lives. But sometimes we just have a hard time, you know, with, with the opposition, that type of thing. So hopefully we can learn something from this. And God can help us to, um, you know, to, to, um, to look at our own journey and where we're at with that and what, what can happen to us. The scripture tells us in number, Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 2, it says, Send thou men that thou may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. That's the verse of scripture we're going to start with tonight. And that's where the, the journey that we're going to take, that's where it began. Is that God knew what was ahead of them, but what God wanted them to do was to take a man from each one of their tribes, a leader, and he, wanted, he was going to send them over there for a 40-day period. 
And they were just to go over there and they were to observe, they were to look over the land and, and, and they were supposed to um, kind of spy it out and see what was, what was there and that type of thing. Can anybody, anybody uh, recall that journey and remember reading that journey? Remember that? What were some of the things that they saw over there? Yeah? Yeah. Stuff looked pretty good over there, didn't it? Yeah. But it was that opposition. That opposition that kind of got got uh the you know the the real real look and when they came over, you know, that was the thing that stuck into their heads. And sometimes we have to be careful with that. You know, God wants to help us to understand that he can take care of wherever he sends us. Now, come on, I want you to understand that right off the bat, that God doesn't send us anywhere, that he's not going to take care of us, he's not going to be the one that's going to provide for us, he's, not, he's going to be the one that, praise God, is going to, is, is, uh, um, if we meet opposition, he's going to help us, and he's going to make sure that we can get through it in Jesus' name, praise God. 400 years, think about it, 400 years, they were in Egyptian bondage, you know, working a lot of hours every day, you know, building those pyramids and, and getting involved in the things that were in Egypt. And finally, God came onto the scene when he heard their cry. Remember that? Praise God. And he sent Moses. Moses was the spokesman. And Moses came into the situation and he said, listen, God's ready to set the captive free. Hallelujah. And so he came in there and and, and God just little by little began to show them how powerful he was with those plagues. And so finally they were able to leave the land of Egypt, praise God, and they got to what I would consider between a rock and a hard place, you know, and they were, there was the Red Sea out before them and, and, and the hills on either side, and then pretty soon they, they looked back and this big army was coming after them. Probably scare the best of us, wouldn't it? Come on, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not unsympathetic to their plight. But the idea of it is, you know, they had a God that was on their side. And God was fixing to show them how powerful he was. Do you remember what Moses said, you know, when they were, when they were having their little panic attack? Do you remember what Moses said at that time? Yeah. Yeah. You guys want to see something? You're fixing to see something. Praise God. And the scripture teaches us that all that night the east wind blew. And boy, when they got up in the morning, praise God, what was right there before them? Would you like to have been there? I would have too. I think that would have been awesome. And so they, they went into that, uh, you know, in, in, into the Red Sea where the walls of water were on both sides of them. And they saw the glory of God. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I believe God still wants to show his glory, doesn't he? Praise God. They got on the other side and did a little dance, had a little song. Praise God. God didn't want them to forget what he was and what he is still doing in Jesus' name. And I believe that's still true for us today. I think we would do well if we would observe what the Lord is doing in our life on a regular basis. Come on, how many can lift up their hands right now and testify that God has, been, has, has done great things in your life? Come on, anybody ever been healed? Come on, anybody ever been delivered? 
Come on, I think I'm talking to the right crowd here today, praise God. We know that God is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. But the bottom line is, folks, you know, that opposition is still going to be there. And if we're going to focus on some of this stuff, you know, we've we got to understand that, you know, that's what's going to be there. That's the thing that's going to, that's going to drag us back down. That's the thing that's going to bring doubt and unbelief. And you and I must come to terms with that. That's what the children of Israel had to do. And so back to these, these, um, uh, these, uh, these spies that went over there, praise God. You know, I, I believe that must have been quite a, quite a situation, praise God. And we've all had that situation in our, in our eyes that, hey, God, give me a glimpse of what's going to happen. Give me a glimpse of what's going to come to pass. And boy, I believe that God sometimes will do that. And sometimes he will do that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but there's a story that's told about, I think it's the Spanish that came over. And what their, their, their battle cry was when they came over to, this, uh, to the new earth, or to the new uh, land, I guess, if you want to put it that way, was burn the boats. Burn the boats. Well, this familiar phrase often evokes courage. Because when, when uh, Cortes and his men arrived in Mexico in 1519, they had one goal, and that was to con conquest the land. And the story is told that upon his arrival, Cortes ordered his men to burn all the ships, and he did not want to lead his men into the challenges that were ahead while they thought they had an option but victory. Isn't that quite a thought? I don't know, in my world back when I was a kid, they used to call it an ace in the hole. That people, you know, they kind of had an option. They had a way out, that type of thing. And why don't we just take a little bit of a poll. What do you think, uh, uh, now we'll talk about burning the boats. What do you think your boat is? Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? I'm talking about something that God would have you burn so that you don't have any other option of going back. Relapse, good for you, good for you. I think that's a good one. Somebody else, a boat that God would want you to burn so that you got no way back. Comparison? Okay, the boat of comparison. Okay, that's good. Anybody else? Just asking. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Materialism? Yeah, it's a boat. How about you, sis? Doubt? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good boat. Yeah, I think that's one we have to burn on a regular basis. Anybody else? I'm just talking about things that could give us a way out. Yeah. Yeah. Self-will? Yeah, I think there's a lot of boats out there. I think there's a lot of things that God will bring up and say, listen, you need to put this in the proper perspective so that you won't come back. It's amazing to me what the children of Israel saw. You know, they saw the Red Sea opening. They saw God doing mighty miracles just in their midst. He saw, he, they saw him take care of the greatest army on the face of the earth at that time, you know. But once they hit a little bit of opposition... Right away, 
you know, that doubt and that unbelief came and said, well, God just led us out here into the wilderness so that we could die. Isn't that kind of a crazy thought? I, I think it is too, especially after they saw what God could do and how he was handling it. But, you know, again, this, this is what you and I, we have to deal with sometimes, you know. Sometimes we have those same oppositions. Sometimes we have those same, you know, ideas, praise God. It's amazing, you know, you think about what, what the nation of Israel said, you know. Um, uh, we, let's, let's get us a leader and, and, and let's go back to Egypt. Go back to Egypt. Go back to working 15, 20 hours a day, you know, slave labor and all that kind of business. Come on, what do you got to go back for? That'd be, that'd be the only reason you'd need not to go back. But it's crazy, burning those boats, you know, um, going back for those onions, those leeks, you know. And I think it would be good for us to, at times, just say, God, help me to do that. Help me to take care of some of those things in my life that I know that I need to take care of so that I'm not going to go back. So I'm not even going to think about going back. I don't know how it is for you, but I think it was about a year or so after I was in the church that I had one of those Sunday night services where God helped me to burn some boats. You know, I can't give you any particulars about what they were, but I believe that God was working on my heart and he was saying, listen, get your hand off of that back door. Because for me, I was just looking for a reason to be able to leave. You know, and God had led me to that apostolic church so that I would stay. And so I'll never forget that. You know, it was on a Sunday night service, and God began to deal with me, and he said, literally, my boat was get your hand off that back door. And I'll never forget probably the months or maybe even a year or so after that, the growth that I saw in my own personal life. I'm not saying that I knew everything. I'm going to say that there were some things that I was able to receive better because I didn't have a way, a way out. And so think about that as we talk about these spies tonight. You know, you think about, you know, they were, they were to go and they were to look at this land and they were supposed to get a good idea of what, what, what God was going to bless them with. But really all they could see was all of these obstacles that were in their way that, that you know, seemingly they were thinking that they couldn't overcome. And you know something? They were right because they were never going to be able to overcome those things without God. And that's what I believe one of the biggest boats that you and I have to burn sometimes is that not going through this stuff, you know, and, and realizing that we're not going to go through it alone. That God is going to be there every minute of every day in Jesus' name. And so I'm glad tonight, praise God. Listen to this. Before they left on their journey, Israel's 12 spies were commissioned to be of good courage. That's what it says in the scripture. And what they witnessed during their 40-day journey was amazing. The land that they glimpsed, or glimpsed on was everything that God had promised. The land, they, you know, it was a, uh, they brought back a testimony of the land that flowed with milk and honey. They came toting grapes, figs, and pomegranates. However, 10 of the 12 spies returned after 40 days of spying out Canaan, and they were looking for the boats. They're looking for a way back, praise God. 
And so you think about it. Although they had witnessed, uh, you know, witnessed the promised land and God had poised them to seize it, their hopes were drowning in the sea of fear and disbelief. And they were looking for a boat, actually a trail back to Egypt. You know, and they were blinded by the, by the challenges rather than motivated by the promises. Listen to this. I think this is pretty cool. With courage, you know, uh, you know fear and disbelief can be contagious. Or uh, without courage, fear and, disbe- and, and disbelief can be contagious. And so the negative report and the fear soon began to trickle through the once excited and motivated multitude. And the promise was quickly eclipsed by fear. See, folks, it's important for us to begin to see through the eyes of God. Because if we look through our own eyes, you know, we're going to be prone to these kind of things. Sometimes we are going to see things that we know without a shadow of a doubt we're not going to be able to go through. But with God, come on. Not only are things, are things possible, but things are destined to be overcome in the name of Jesus. Right. And so you and I, we must, we, we, we must burn those boats. We must get rid of those onions. <laughs> and we must realize the only motion that we've got is forward, praise God. Come on, how many want to move forward tonight? Why don't you lift both of those hands tonight? And let's give it to the Lord in Jesus' name. God is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm telling you something. In the middle of challenges, that's when we can lose our perspective. And God wants to help us tonight. He wants to help us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, I feel that in this place tonight. That God wants to place that upon each and every shoulder here. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God is able. God is able and he is willing in the name of Jesus. Let me give you some, let me give you some seed thought here. Study the 17th chapter of the book of, of, of uh, 1 Samuel, praise God. That's where you're going to find David overcoming Goliath. Can somebody say amen? amen. Study the, the 6th chapter of the book of Genesis and you're going to find that Noah was able to rise to the challenge, praise God, and to build, a, build an ark. Come on, you can go to Second Second uh, Kings chapter number six, and you can see you can see Elijah, and he had the vision. Praise God! And one of the things that Elijah prayed is he said, "Open up the eyes of this servant here, help him to see how many really are for us." And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do, especially during opposition, when we know that it's the will of God for us to go through. I believe that God a lot of times wants to open up our eyes and he really wants to help us to see who really is on our side. Now let me ask you this question here. You know, what are some of the reasons that people fail? What are some of the, I'll start over here, okay. What are some of the reasons why people fail? Yeah. Fear? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Quitting. Yes. What's that? Pride. Yeah, it can get in the way, can it? Yeah. Anybody else? Could be. And these are all excellent, excellent ideas and, and, and reasons. And so sometimes we have to, we got to come to terms with, am I putting these kind of things in my life 
and, 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 um, and, and creating a reason for me not to go forward? That's something for us to think about. Because you've got to understand, just like the Canaan land, I'm not talking about the physical land, I'm talking about the spiritual Canaan. There is a spiritual walk that God wants you to walk in this world. Come on, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now you think about these things, and these aren't just cliches. These are facts that God lets us know. And so from time to time, we have to expect that there's going to be something that's going to rise up that's going to cause us to want to quit, going to cause us you know, to let pride get in the way, or all these other reasons that you came up with tonight. And so we must expect that, praise God. And I believe that God wants to give us a victory. You want to know why? Because during those times, I believe one of the most vital things that we can do is go back down memory lane. Oh, I remember that time when I was between that proverbial rock and hard place. And God came onto the scene, praise God. And God helped me to stand up. God helped me to not give in. God helped me to pray harder. God helped me to come to church even when I didn't feel like it, praise God. God helped me to put him first in my life. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on. And I believe that's why God is going to give you a victory on a regular basis, praise God, so that you can go back and you can look at just what the Lord had done. Come on, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, criticize the, the, the Israelites, but man, they saw what God could do. Come on, they saw the powerful hand of the Lord. And I believe, you know, not so much in the physical today, but we see that powerful hand of God in the spirit. And that's what you and I can go back and we can say, hey, God, you did it this time, you're going to do it again. Come on, can somebody say amen? You did it this time, you're, you did it last time, you're going to do it this time in the name of Jesus. And we can get back up and we can raise up our hands and we can say, listen, burn the boats. Come on, say that with me. Burn the boats. That's what we got to do sometimes. Just burn those boats of disbelief. Burn those boats of, 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 of fear and that type of thing. And let God have his way and let's march forward and let's see the victory in the name of Jesus. Come on, can you say amen? Come on, why don't you lift up your hand right now and give God praise for the victory. Come on, that's what he's promised us. Oh, in the name of Jesus Oh, I believe it, folks. Come on. We're, we're living in a spiritual Canaan now. We're living in a time, praise God, where God comes to our aid. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Come on, I feel that heavy in here tonight. I feel somebody's ready to get up and say, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Do you sense that? I do. I, I sense it's motivation. Praise God. God is in here to motivate us and to help us to understand that he can do all things in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to get all of these wrong, so prepare yourself, okay? All right? How many has ever heard of Joshua and Caleb? Yeah, pretty, pretty widely known, aren't they? Okay? But how many has ever heard of Shamira, got that one right. How about Shaphath? How about Igal? How about Paltai? How about uh, Gadiel and Gadii? They must have been brothers, huh? How about Amelia, uh, Amiel? 
How about Sather? How about Nibai? Boy, that's a hard one. How about Jibriel? You ever heard of those guys? Do you know who they were? They were the ten spies that came back and had the, raw, had the bad report. I don't think it's any accident that we don't really hear about them, do we? Amen. But how many tonight want to be a Joshua and a Caleb? Come on, I see that tonight in this place, praise God. God wants to raise us up, and he wants to give us that kind of a, kind of a victory in Jesus' name. And so you think about it. We, you know, we have this idea, because the world teaches us this, that the majority rules. Yeah, who's ever in the majority, man, that's going to rule. Well, and I'm not saying that sometimes that doesn't happen. But in this instance, the majority didn't rule. It was those two spies, praise God, that came back and said, listen, God, we can do that. In fact, I want to show you that. Look at, go, turn back with me to the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. And let me just, let me, let me give you some, what I would call confident speech. Confident speech, praise God. I believe God has some of that for us. Amen. Bible says, it says in verse 25, I'm in chapter 13 of, of uh, Numbers in verse 25. It says, and they returned from searching the land after 40 days. Notice this. This is in Numbers 13 and 25. It says, and they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children, it says, of Israel, unto the wilderness of the parent of Paran and to Kadesh, and they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and shewed them the fruit of the land. Scripture says in verse 25, and they said, they, and they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. And then they said in verse 28, it says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and the very, it says, the very great and are very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwelled in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Well, Verse number 30 tells us Caleb stilled the people and, uh, before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Folks, those are overcoming words right there. Praise God. Caleb had a vision of what God could do. Amen. And he spoke those words of faith, praise God. And I think it's important during times when we're having our, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm kind of sorry I burnt the boat, the boat moment, and I think we need to begin to speak some words of faith. Amen. Come on. Somebody give me some words of faith. I'm going to, no, or over here. Okay, or over here. Words of faith. Give me some words of faith. You can do it. Let me get you started. Burn the boat. How about, how about this one? I can do all things through which. Does that, are, the, are those faith words? I think they would work during a time like that. Come on, somebody give me some other. What are some other faith words? Come on, I like that. That's an important faith word. Come on, come on. You guys got all kinds of faith words that you can use up. Come on, and notice that these are God's words. 
And I believe he honors those kind of words. Come on, somebody else, give me some faith words. Oh, man, I felt that one right through. Come on, how about you? It's the evidence of things not seen. I like that. Praise God, that's a good one. Those are faith words. Come on, those things will work. How about you, Sister Carnahan? I know. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on, folks. We got enough faith words in here right now that we should be able to get through anything, shouldn't we? Come on. This is what we need, praise God. You see, the ten spies, and I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not uh, raking them over the coals, but they didn't have faith works. They didn't have those words that would work, praise God. But Caleb had them. Listen to this. He said, he said let us go up at once. Come on, that's faith. He said, and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it, praise God. And so I'm going to tell you something, folks. Faith words, faith words could be, could be the very thing that's standing between a good report and a bad report. Come on, this is something we need to think. Now, come on, we're talking about a journey here, folks. We're talking about a journey that God ordained for them to go. And God wasn't going to just send them over there on their own. The, the almighty God that, that opened up the Red Sea, he was going to start taking vacations and not be around. Come on, that's silly. And it's just like us. Come on, the God that has helped you out so many times, he's not just going to leave. He's not just going to leave you on your own. Come on, you and I can count on him. And that's what God wants to help us to understand very, very much when we get into this journey. Come on, that God is able. Come on, he is able to do, like she said, exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. Come on, get into your Bibles this year. Many of you are going through it in its entirety anyway. But come on, start highlighting this in your Bibles. Start highlighting faith words that you can go to in those times that you're starting to feel that unbelief and that doubt. Come on, it's not wrong for us to get tempted. The Bible says that we're going to be tempted, but you and I must learn how to resist this temptation by using those faith words in the name of Jesus. And I believe that God wants to help each and every one of us in that. So the point of it is we, don't, we, we, we really don't know these 10 spies that came back and had the negative report. But boy, we know Joshua and Caleb, don't we? And you know what the added bonus was? You know, God sentenced the nation of Israel that anybody that was over the age of 20 and above was not going to see that land. That was the harsh judgment of God. But you know something? These two did. These two saw it. And so you and I, we can make up our minds, praise God, that no matter what the opposition is, God is going to help us to get through. Can you say amen? Come on, let's get on that journey tonight and let's believe God in the name of Jesus. Listen to this. Faith will always prompt action. That's why when you got those faith words, it'll always get you to, uh, well, it's made to, let's put it that way, it's made to get you to get up, okay? Doubt cripples. Look at somebody and say that. Come on. Then look at somebody else and say, faith motivates. Yeah. Look at somebody else and say, fear paralyzes. But then look at somebody else and say, but faith marches forward. 
Come on, you and I must recognize that's why God wants to put faith in our lives. That's why God wants to activate faith in our lives. And if you and I are going to make it through the journey, my friends, we're not going to make it through it without faith. And that's why I think somebody said it over here, that one of the things that, that, that will, will cause us to quit or, or to give up is when we're not properly prepared. And tonight, God is preparing somebody, literally, to go through some things. And you can expect it in the name of Jesus. And the next time that opposition comes along, you stand up and say, greater, come on, greater, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Come on, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Come on, you can, you can begin to access the, accent those words, and I'm going to tell you something. You're going to take care of all the opposition, and God is going to help you to get all the way through in the name of Jesus. Somebody give me a big amen. amen. Now, listen to this. How many times have God's people missed out on God's best? Why? Because we are limited by our own fear and disobedience. But God's word, come on, everybody say God's word. God's word is full of promises for those who will overcome their fears and surrender their will to his. Understandably, folks, this is going to be tough sometimes, but it's going to be worth it. Come on, you and I must get up in the morning ready to go to work for the Lord and realize that maybe sometime during that day, you know, we're going to have maybe a tough situation. But boy, getting those faith words out, praise God, is going to keep us on the journey in Jesus' name. And God will help us to overcome all of the opposition in Jesus' name. And so God wants to help you with that along with me in Jesus' name. 2 Peter 3 and 9 reminds us that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, this is one of those faith words I had to remind myself for years when I was going to the jail. And when you'd catch that, that opposition of, boy, doesn't anybody care? You know, I'm telling you something. If you're going to get involved with the work of God, you got to have some faith tools in your belt. And I believe that God can, can begin to remind us of what his promises say. And his promises are forever and ever. Amen. Now, another thing is beyond the new birth experience, and this is where some people stop, and I don't know why. But some people just say, I just want to get into the kingdom of God. I just want to be born again so that hopefully I'm ready to go when the rapture or when I die, you know, that type of thing. Listen to me. we got to get that mindset of the new birth experience is just the introduction. Come on, Jesus said that if a man isn't born again, they're not going to see the kingdom of God. And then he said if, they, if a man is not born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, come on, how many people do we got that are born again in here? Come on, then you have access to it. Come on, God has given you access to the kingdom of God. So you and I must understand that God wants us to go beyond our first experiences, and he wants us to have many, many, many experiences. And so this is where the promises come in, that God wants to give you and help you to see those promises maybe first, and then he wants to help you to understand that if you'll travel the way that he has for you, you're going to end up obtaining those promises in Jesus' name. Now, the, now God promised us that the devil would flee from us if we would first submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. That's James 4 and 7. 
Come on. He said, if you, if you submit yourself to me, the devil will flee. Somebody say amen. amen. We are promised our basic needs will be met if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's Matthew 6 and 33. Now, come on. These are promises that God gave to us. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of exactly what those promises say and what they mean in our hearts. The Bible says also we can receive wisdom from God if we just ask him. That's recorded in the first chapter of the book of James. If any man among you lack wisdom, what does it say do? Well, come on, that's an open invitation for us. And so you must understand all the provisions that God has for us in this journey are supplied by him. And so this is what we must recognize, praise God, that on a daily basis, God wants us to remind ourselves of the promises he's already given us. And so if we can begin to walk on a regular basis in this type of a light, and I believe the Bible says to walk in the light as he is in the light, and I believe this is part of that light. I believe that we can expect, praise God, that God is going to give us victory over situations because of what he's already promised us in Jesus' name. Come on, can you say amen? God is able to do this, and he wants to do it more and more and more. Last of all, by staying the course with God's plan and ways. I can't emphasize that enough. Israel would have arrived in the promised land in about 11 days. Now think about that. If they'd have just stayed with God's plan, you know. And so you and I must recognize the fact that God has got you and I on a journey. I don't know when he wants to start using you in spiritual gifts. I don't know when God wants to start using you in service gifts. I don't know when God wants to start using you in some of the things that he has in store in this Bible. But listen to me, if you'll just stay the course... If you'll just do the work that he calls you to do, you can expect that God's going to rise some of these things up right in front of you, praise God. And you'll know that this is God, praise God. I believe there's somebody in here tonight that you're ready, that God has got something for you in the name of Jesus this week, praise God. And it's not going to be a 40-year hiatus. It's going to be something that's going to be just as quick as an 11-day journey. Can you say amen? Come on, lift up your hand right now and ask the Lord to show you that in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for reminding us again tonight, Lord. Thank you for reminding us again tonight, Lord God, that the majority doesn't always rule. Thank you for reminding us tonight, God, that we have plenty, plenty of faith-building words that we can, call, we can call upon every day. Help us, God. Help us as we're endeavoring in this journey to go through the Bible in its entirety. I pray that, God, that you will begin to quicken this into the minds and into the hearts of these people right here in the name of Jesus, that this year is going to be different. This year, Lord God, we're going to retain these things. We're going to not only recite them, but we're going to retain them in the name of Jesus. And you're going to help us, Lord God, through some of this opposition. And it's not going to be a 40-year journey. It's going to be just an 11-day journey, Lord God. You're going to help us in the name of Jesus. Come on, I feel that very strongly in here tonight, praise God, that something's going to be different for somebody this year. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we're Joshua and Caleb's. I'm not even going to try to recite the other ten. 
Come on, I don't need to, praise God. I just need to remember there were two of them, Joshua and Caleb, praise God, that believed the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you right now, God is able in the name of Jesus. Jeremy, do we have a video that's, that's up? Why don't you go ahead and play that now, would you mind? At the uh, uh, beginning to preach, and his son told him just about three or four weeks ago, three weeks ago, in the car together, 26 years old, and he told his dad, he said, Dad, I got the bug. And his dad said, what do you mean, son, you got the flu? He said, oh, you know what bug I mean. I said, no, you tell me what bug you mean. He said, Dad, I got, I got the preaching bug. I just, I just, I just want to preach. And, 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 and in fact, I, I, I happen to know, I happen to know the, uh, the man's itinerary. And if I remember right, he's preaching this weekend. And he's in the big city of Houston. And he's preaching for Jimbo's daddy. Amen. This man uh, that you just heard here was a tremendous motivational speaker back when I came into the church back in the 70s, Alan Oggs. Listen to what happened to him. On September the 17th, 1935 at 10 a.m., a child was stillborn. And after being revived, he was rushed to the hospital with severe brain damage. The doctor's prognosis was not hopeful, and he predicted the child would not survive 24 hours. 
The doctor advised the family to pray for the child to experience a merciful death because he would not walk, talk, or see if he somehow survived. Well, the child survived, but faced dawning odds. The story of his life is very riveting, and he was always seemingly a step behind. While other children were learning to walk, he was still trying to crawl. While others were running, he was stumbling. His parents spent countless hours working with him, determined to give him as, mu as, as much of a normal life as possible. And so you've got to understand, that's how he went through life. But he wrote a book, and I, I would highly uh, advise you to get it. And, and the book is, you, just, you heard it several times, the book is called You Gotta Have a Want To. And that's basically what he preached. He said, if you've got to want to do something, he said, you can rise above all kinds of obstacles. And realistically, folks, part of this faith walk that you and I have with God, I believe that's what God wants to do. See, we can all make excuses for some of the shortcomings that we have, and I'm not here to, to size anybody up. But sometimes I believe it's God put that shortcoming in our life so that we could realistically depend on him and overcome that shortcoming and rise to the level, praise God, that God wants us to raise to. Come on, how many's got a want to tonight? Why don't we stand together? Can we do that? Come on, let's stand. And let's, let's ask the Lord to help us to, to, to accent on that want to in Jesus' name. Come on, I believe there's souls.